Welcome back to the Iced Coffee Hour, and today we got two really special guests. The first one is Judge Vonda B. You may have seen her on TV. She's a judge who specializes in divorce cases and uh, child support payments, of all things. And second, we have my lovely girlfriend, Macy. Welcome to the Iced Coffee <laughs> yeah, we Hour. Got two polar opposites here. We have the relationship, then we have what happens when relationships go wrong. And we got Jack. Yep, so we got the whole spectrum, guys. We got marriage, we got dating, and we got single. So we're yeah. going to talk about how expensive having a girlfriend is. Graham, do you want to start? Yeah, I don't really think oh. we... Yeah, Yeah. so so first thing for keeping your pet girlfriend is that you got to make sure she has food. We do love food, otherwise we get cranky. Lots of naps are important. Um, you know, all those things. Pretty much anything you need to take care of a girlfriend, you can find at Petco. Petco. Yeah. You shop there? Uh, no, Macy does. Oh. She buys her own food there. <laughs> That's what, you know, it was funny. When we first came out with our first video, everyone was like, Graham, girlfriends are so expensive. And that was the, the time in my life where, like, it was all about frugality. And people were like, do you know how much this is going to cost? And when you really look at the cost, it's not it's not bad. I mean, okay, well, for you, though, right? Because you no. take girls on, you know, I will took, let's say, on not that expensive dates. What was an ideal date when you were first getting started in this? Just well, with Macy, just overall. In general. Yeah. In ge well, it was bad. Let's hear it, man. <laughs> oh, no. I'm, I'm sure so Macy curious. has some experiences here. Yeah, too. See, really I don't bad, know yeah. because when Graham and I first started dating, all of his friends were like, oh, he actually like takes you out and stuff. So I've heard it's pretty bad, but I never experienced it because I guess Graham must have really liked me. Yeah. One of my first dates I'll never forget was in high school. And I, I remember... I went to the Cheesecake Factory because they had these nachos. I'd get them with my buddy Nick, and they were $8 nachos that were huge, like the Cheesecake Factory port. And we just split it. Ooh. And uh, But I used to bring my own uh, soda. like the, You know, I'd, I'd have a soda every now and then back then. But I'd bring my own and just ask for a cup of ice so I didn't have to pay the $3. It, and you did that on a date? Yes. And what did your date think about I think I think we we didn't really have a second date. I think we kind of <laughs> had like a pseudo. <laughs> she was, really a it was like so it was through a friend. It was about it. Through a friend group, and so yeah. it was like the second date was more of like a forced group hangout. Uh, -huh. uh I think it's fine. I didn't see any issue with it, and saved a lot of money. Yeah. Okay. As a girl, what would you think if a guy did that? Um. Yeah. I just I feel like it's not a good look because I, I don't know. I feel like then you're kind of jipping the servers a little bit because like the server is making money on everything that you're ordering. So I just kind of look at that and. That would be my thought. But um, I just think you probably found someone who matched your energy a little bit. Or it might have just been cheaper not to have a soda, perhaps, and maybe just have a water. That might have been the smarter way to go. But you and yeah. I split notches really all need the that time. Soda? That sounded like a performative thing. It's like you bring the soda to show, oh, look how thrifty He's I am. Flexing yeah, I also, oh, the Cheesecake Factory also had like $5 parking. And so I parked at the convenience store next door and walked over. Save the wow. save the parking. Was that? Did you have the girl in your car when you parked there? Yeah, I did. Okay, I mean that's yeah. understandable. Honestly, like yeah. I would. Mm -hmm. I would Let me tell you guys that. about my first date with my wife Kelsey, and maybe I've told this before, but I'm not sure. We went to the movies, and I don't buy any snacks at the movies because they're too expensive. So then we go in, and uh, midway through the movie, I hear rustling in her purse. She pulls out bags, bagged popcorn. You call the police, and then she pulled out juice boxes and that's when you know she's the one that's when i knew right. she was the one although uh she did admit to me that you know her mom like gave her the stuff but uh, she was raised that way so it's like you know yeah say we're the same person yeah juice boxes 
Aren't you? I've, I, like a Capri Sun or like one of those? Yeah, like a Capri juices? Sun. Really? Yeah, like a Capri Sun or something. Yeah. Or just a water She also bottle. had a water bottle. Yep, yep, yep. She also had candy. Yeah, it was crazy. She was just, just like, had tattooed chef in there. Holy cow. Mustard, ketchup, everything you need. She made a full on Subway sandwich. That's what it felt like to me, man. Yeah. I used to do that. The movie theater where Jack and I grew up used to have these $2 Tuesdays things, and it was right by Winco. Winco, thank you. Um, we used to go into Winco before, and I that was when like those green military kind of style jackets were popular with a lot of pockets. So I'd go in there and you get the bags of candy from there, and I'd like put it all throughout the pockets. And so I'd walk in, and I'm sure it was obvious because my like jacket yeah. was stuffed, but yeah, that's the smart thing you do, do, Jack. What do I do? Yeah, ping pong. It, well, oh, so you're saying if I if I go on a date? Yeah. Well, usually I'll do dinner. Usually I'll they'll do, pay for I'll me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I def, I don't think I've ever been paid for on a first date. Really? It's tough. Yeah, I feel I feel like obligated to pay on a first date, and I'm fine with it. So I know a lot of people that I am dating at this time would either be like in college or something, and I have like I work full time. You're so dating I, a lot of people at this time. No, I'm not. But let's say I do go on a date with someone. They're probably in college, you know, or just getting started with a career. Yeah. I've been working full time for a couple of years, so it's fine. I'll treat them. I'm cool with that. And also, there is a little bit of awkwardness, which is like, uh, like the bill gets, you know, put down mm. on the table, and you're like, okay, who's gonna pay? So I just reach for it, and I usually just hand the server my card. You know what? It reminds me. I actually got paid. I not really got paid to go on a date. This is I had just got my driver's license, and uh, I, I took this girl to a movie, and her parents bought the tickets. So the tickets were free. We show up at the movie and then she handed me like a $20 bill. It was like a $50 bill or something like this and said, hey, could you go and grab me some food at the concession stand? And so I did. I got it for her. I came back and I had the change. And she says, oh, you know, you could you could keep the change or like you could you could hold on to the change or something like that. Best day ever. Yeah. And so I remember telling all my friends, it's like I got like $20 basically. So that was my profit for going on the date. Really Holy excited for that. Yeah, she wow. didn't even care about the change. Now like, no, you keep it. Yeah. Nowadays, that change would just be like the gas that it took you to get to the movie. Yeah, basically <laughs> with inflation, that thing would. Yeah, and fifty bucks wouldn't have covered it. That's but, crazy. Yeah. What a lovely story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was proud about that. You know what, Jack? Maybe you shouldn't be looking for girls who are in college. Maybe find the girls who did something similar, where they didn't. College wasn't for them, and they, you know started their own business or something because i feel like you would have a lot more in common with somebody like that that's what i've I mean, said alex hmm. I, the thing is i'm a studious person like i i did well in school i i didn't mind college i liked high school i got good grades so it's not like i'm different from those people i just had an opportunity presented to me and like any person a lot of people in my situation they would have taken it yeah but don't you think work changes you after a year like you're substantially different going yeah, to school for a year so. than working for a year. yeah especially so, if you're working for yourself yeah it, it's dramatic so yeah. then the person you're dating should also have a similar experience of working full time and like experience in the real world because going from college to that is like dude, dude, that's a day. good point honestly i haven't really like gone on a date with a girl who's in that situation and i haven't been very satisfied with many of the dates i've been on so <laughs> jack i've been telling you this thing. you need no, to you date. haven't been telling I, I swear have i not Alex? yeah i think i think graham yeah. brought up something very like yes. probably almost the same thing you said that you set your tinder age between like two certain ages and i said that's probably too young unless you're dating one of those people who's worked full time and they work and they don't go to school. It's too young because they probably lack life experience unless they've they've had work experience. I think 
you could be you could be 18 or 19 with a solid year of work experience creating your own business or whatever and be completely different than the person who's 22 or even 23 who's partied through college and like hasn't yeah. had a single job in their life the two are different so that's what i said for you i, I think okay. you just need someone with work experience yeah so i'm looking now for girls with work experience and <laughs> sent your resumes yeah. over here yeah so yeah. we'll see what happens yeah okay. <laughs> I don't know. I do got to say that like Graham and I, I feel like our relationship improved a lot once I started doing YouTube and I started to understand it a little bit more mm-hmm. when I had like a traditional job because I was, I was like younger in the workforce, right? When we started dating, I was almost 21 and I'd been working full time and yada, yada, yada. But when I started working for myself, it's like totally different than working a traditional job. And neither of you have really worked traditional jobs and I've had both experiences. You're probably going to need someone who works for themselves a little bit. Because somebody who works a traditional job will just go, well, the workday's done. Why can't you leave it alone? Or like, I have no problem separating work from life because they're not passionate about it like somebody who owns the business. So I feel like you need somebody who owns their own business. Yeah, yeah. conversely, uh, when I was with Kelsey and we had a wedding business, or I had a wedding business, I would take her to work with me. And she'd help me. It was like she'd help me carry like all the heavy stuff. She wouldn't <laughs> complain. I'd buy her a dinner, you know. not pay her oh i mean you know but so you know maybe somebody who's ambitious and willing to help yeah Yeah. alex how did you have her carry the heavy stuff yeah she she wanted to yeah if you she's tiny she has no weight to pick up but that's what i loved about her that the fact that she was like you know we would go to to do a wedding and she'd be like no i want to carry that and I'm just like, I, I'm like, uh, I don't want you to hurt yourself. And she's like, no, I want to carry that. You know, she's trying to like show that she was involved in this. And uh, um, yeah, so a, a part of me, I think that's uh, so I didn't make her. She wanted to. But I feel like that's part of what made our relationship work, even though she wasn't, a, you know, an entrepreneur in that sense. So let's talk about money and, and relationships. Yeah, okay? Jack. Because like I said, you guys are dating. You have a wife, Alex. Uh, let's talk about prenups and what's your guys' opinion on that and how expensive can divorces be? Oh, okay. Let me jump in here because I feel like I have to jump in first. Otherwise everyone's mm-hmm. like, oh, she just agreed with Graham. I think for my situation with Graham, a prenup is totally there. I think if somebody's coming into a marriage with assets they had before, they probably are going to want them after. And I can totally understand a prenup in that case. If you're like both straight out of college and you have nothing to your name, I feel like sometimes that can be a little insulting, but like with Graham's in my situation, it was different. I had had my Roth that would, you know, at this point has grown. I have a decent amount of stocks. You have your real estate properties. It's nice to feel like those things are kind of protected, if that makes sense. And just kind of to go into it with a plan. But in other situations, like I can definitely see where somebody's like, that's insulting. I have a friend who um, both like right out of college, going to get married and then, um, they both had nothing to their name. I mean, like maybe $10,000 between the two of them. And he was like, I want to prenup. And I was like, yeah, that's insulting. Especially because all your money yeah. that you have at that point will go to just getting a prenup. I don't think so. I think it's good to have a plan regardless, even if you're both starting out with zero, because otherwise the default is you leave it up to the state. And we all know how the state generally tends to allocate resource. I mean, it's just, I don't trust it in the hands of a random courtroom and depending on the state's jurisdictions for whatever i think it's better to have a plan ahead of time whatever that even if you're both starting out with zero you could still because because the whole aspect of a prenup is agreed upon between both parties so you could always ask for something and and it's up to the two to agree on that together 
Yeah, but when you when you have like especially in this friend's case, when you have almost nothing, spending you know half of that money on getting a prenup just doesn't seem worth it to me. It, when you already have the joint banking account, when it's already going to be probably fifty fifty, when it's both of your money that's going in towards all these assets, everything's going to be joint. That but that's point. a lot cheaper to spend, even let's just say ten thousand dollars now, than potentially spending a hundred thousand dollars getting divorced and fighting over who gets what. Because that would be cheaper still than the alternative. Even if you leave it up to the state and you say, all right, everything's 50-50, I guarantee there's going to be something where one party feels entitled or wants another bit that maybe the other person doesn't agree to. That's yeah, more expensive. I can see that. I mean, I will be the first to admit, like, my parents aren't divorced. I don't have very much experience with divorce. So in my mind, I just go, okay, the state would, you know, 50-50 it. But when all the assets are 50-50 and when you're earning about the same and you don't really have very many assets, it should be 50-50 because um, everything would be joint. I mean, mm -hmm. then that's that $10,000 when you go to buy that first home, that's also your money that's being put into that first home. So maybe I just don't know too much with, with divorces and whatever, but I definitely like in cases like ours, I'm don't get where people are like, you know, I feel like you don't trust me if you're asking for one. It just makes it easier when there's stuff we're both bringing in. Yeah. How did the well, girl I mean, in that relationship feel towards the prenup? Was she like discouraged by it? Oh, she said, no, I'm not doing that because everything at this point is 50, 50. Cause, um, cause he was wanting to have the first home just go to him that they were looking at purchasing. And she's like, well, dude, over, I'm making more than you. Most of this down payment is my money. Why would you get the house? Well, then so, that doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, well, I think the house should be split in terms of who, into the percentage of which person contributes. So if one person is coming up with half the down payment, then obviously that should be, they should be equally on title. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. I also think it's like completely up to the individual couple. Everybody's going to have a completely different circumstance going into it. And there's definitely like a scale of it. But like our circumstance might be different than somebody who has a similar age gap to how we do. It could be that the younger one's making more money. So I just feel yeah. like it's something that each couple needs to come to on their own terms. I don't think they're bad. Personally. No, I don't think they're bad. I just see it as an insurance policy, basically. Like if if you have a car and you're driving it around um, and you have a choice just to leave it up to the state to decide if you're in an accident, how that's allocated, or you could come up with your own insurance policy and say, at least I know that these are the terms. If I were to get into an accident, I think it's a, a good idea regardless what do you think, Jack? For me personally, I think it's up to each individual relationship if they want or if they don't want. I know I would prefer a prenup. Let's say I, I marry a high earner that's like making way more than me. I would still definitely 100% want a prenup. And I just think because for me personally, I'm able to detach like my emotions from certain things. But I know some other people are different. Like they can see that as a personal attack. If you request a prenup, they could think, oh my gosh, they don't. You know, they don't trust oh, me with their finances. Like, yeah. I understand other people are different, but for me, I'm pretty good at being able to detach yeah. emotion from my decision making. And I think that yeah. I'm, I would just that's why want one. with Macy on our second date, I brought it up third. because I it was, was the, the third. third? Yeah. Okay, third, yeah, second may be a little too soon. It was our third date, and I could tell I was I really like Macy, and I could like tell it was going somewhere. And so I'm like, I just want to let you know as soon as possible that this is on my mind and like this is something that's important to me. That way you never think or have to wonder like, oh, wow, like we're two years into this and now he's asking for it. Like, what is it? Yeah. It's like it's early enough where like if, if it's going to be an issue, it's better to probably flush it out early on. Um, and if it's not an issue, then yeah, great. But at least it's it's early enough where it's like not a surprise, if that makes sense. I think if you approached a similar thing and just 
Third, third date. That's third crazy. Date I mean, I've one. been on third yeah. dates with girls yeah. and then not fourths. And I feel like I got brought up like, you know, prenups. That could mean a lot then. Yeah, 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 like that is such a unique thing to bring up on a third date. Honestly, I would bring that up like a year into the relationship. No, Ooh, no, 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 no. Yeah, so the thing with Graham and I and why it was the third date is our first date was supposed to be like an hour or two and it lasted seven hours. And the yeah. only reason why it ended was because literally nothing was open. There was oh, that's nothing true. We could everything was do. closing. Yeah, everything was closing. It was like midnight, yeah. one that's that creepy hour. It's like the, you know the strange people start walking around the streets. Strange people, you guys. <laughs> Us. Yeah. yeah. We yeah. didn't want to be among our fellow strange people. Yeah, I know. But yeah, yeah our first one was seven hours. It was meant to be an hour or two. Our second one, we were just gonna go grab lunch. And I don't then think it was just lunch. I, I think we'd planned lunch, and I was no. just gonna show you like to the harbor and stuff. Well, we. Oh, didn't, maybe you did. Didn't you cancel work? I did. That was it. Oh, it yeah. was supposed to be lunch, and then you had work at five, and you called in sick yeah, or something I'd like that. Yeah, I'd work from like one to five because I was that still working was that retail it. job on the weekends because I was like, I have nothing better to do besides yeah. go in and go make money. Um, but yeah, I canceled on it, and then our second date was twelve hours, and again, it stopped because we literally had nothing to do. Everything yeah. was closed again. So by we, that point, yeah. it was like we'd spent the time of like going on like what? Yeah. Like we five, waited. Six dates. We waited until twelve oh one. So we could call it like a two-day date. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. That's yeah, we were so literally cute. sitting yeah, in, the in the car. car. It was it, a... Like in the driveway. <laughs> yeah, be like, all right, 1201. Yeah, I was living with my parents at that point, And they were like, my mom was like looking out the window and she's like, what the they do yeah. mom seven more minutes you your mom was watching sitting. you guys well because you would see us sitting in the front seats and she's like well i just i want to turn off the lights." did you guys kiss stuff. when you left i don't no. know ew jack <laughs> oh sorry sorry didn't mean yeah, so tmi yeah yeah but that third date i was glad you brought it up then because i think at this point because i haven't had very much experience mm. with divorce i mean as you're saying that it's expensive this i genuinely have no frame mm. of reference i was glad that you brought it up early because i had time to like research it and really get you know my bearings on like what exactly it is what's the purpose of it and like at a point where i wasn't so emotionally involved like i am now that i could kind of detach a little bit and figure out what it was without feeling immediately insulted yeah yeah and it's thorough i mean a prenup you, you think of every situation possible from like you know if if the partners at state are the animals in prenups yeah. I, uh the pets Sorry. we didn't did we put ramsey we didn't we didn't we no. didn't but i think it's just a you know if it, God forbid, if anything were to happen, I mean, we kind of would know. I get right? Like I couldn't. Yeah, I would get both. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh oh. No, for the record, <laughs> that is not the case. I don't agree. I don't agree. I don't agree. <laughs> I would just be like, you have to be pretty heartless to like take an animal from somebody. I mean, yeah. Like, I just can't. Yeah, imagine. but that goes both ways. Like just saying, like let's say she wants both. I know she doesn't, but. Or sorry, but, yes, she does. My bad. I love my baby. Yeah, Alex. Uh, yeah. then it's the, it goes the same way. Like you wanting to take one or two animals, it's like, yeah. wow. Then you're the heartless. The one. thing is, the thing is, the animals decide. I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> Bailey is a is a mama's girl, and Ramsey's a. He's also daddy's, daddy's boy. boy. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever it is, he gives me a lot more love than he gives you. Well. Gives me a lot of. Oh, Bailey spends a lot of mornings with me. So let's talk you know, this through, guys. Anyway. Let's, let's well, talk this I through. I don't think there's anything to talk it's through. Kinda, no, it's it's like, kind of joking. Okay. We're yeah, kind of joking. Nothing to talk through. Pot. All right, <laughs> Alex. As a married man, do you have a prenup with your wife? Uh, I do not have a prenup with my wife. I'll have you guys know. We thought about it. We talked about it. Um, but we are considering doing a postnup. 
So um, is everything okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to talk about, Alex? What's wrong? Air it out. No, man. no, no. Everything's okay. Yeah. Tell us. No, no, no. We um. It's just us here. Or yeah, <laughs> only us. The <laughs> prenup stuff. It, I definitely think it's up to the to the individual. Um, in terms of like separating assets and stuff, Kelsey and I got together with relatively um similar amounts of assets. Um, and she helped me build the business, and and she supports me in the business. So, um, and because of that, I. I didn't really care about getting a prenup done before I got married. Um, but um, talking about like how, what Graham was saying, I definitely don't want to leave something up to the state to decide. Um, so we want to do a post-nup just to kind of put every situation out there and how we would want it to be split. But we are a little bit different in terms of you guys because um, we kind of keep separate finances, but we kind of look at stuff like, for example, if we buy a house, if we're both making the decision to take our personal assets and put it into a joint asset, um, we kind of think it's kind of split um, a little bit more evenly. Even if I were to have more income or Kelsey were to have more income, um, at that time, we're making the decision, though, when we do that. But that's where yeah, we're at. I think that's good. Yeah. Yeah. My one condition, I think, for the prenup, the whole time I've been doing, because I remember I asked you, uh, I think it was on that third date. I'm like, are these done like after engagement? Are these typically done like before engagement? Or like, how does that whole thing work? And you're like, typically it's after someone gets engaged. My whole condition, and somebody, for whatever reason, this is like, this really fires people up, was that I wanted it done before getting engaged. Because I just thought that was kind of a little morbid to be like, so what are we going to do if you die, huh? Yeah. Like, where am I, also you puts know, a- whatever. And like, you know, what's going to happen if we divorce? Also, like, I feel like, and not that I'm unstable about our relationship at all, but it's like an extra little thing that I can be like, okay, we got through the prenup process together. We're going to be fine, yeah. you know? It's also weird um, to to get engaged to someone and then have that as like a condition of the engagement. It's like, here's a promise, but before we do that, here's this. First is like you get everything else done and then it's just, I, I don't know. I, f- I feel like it's probably better to get it out of the way. It's untraditional to do that, but I agree with that. It is. It's kind of weird, but I'm like, I would rather like at this point, now it's just like, okay, then we get engaged then we plan a wedding and like you just get to plan the wedding. You don't have to deal with the lawyers. You don't have to deal with whatever. You just are planning a wedding, yeah. having fun. You're but then it's also the testing. fear of like, if you, if that doesn't happen, what's going to happen to the wedding? And like, oh, if I don't yeah. agree to this. We have everyone's counting on us now, and you know. Then you have the situations of like, oh crap! Are you are you agreeing to this because you just want to get married and 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 not cancel on everybody, or is this like a, a real thing? I so I think it's probably better to get it done sooner. What's the total cost of a prenup? How much does it cost? Could be anywhere from like a grand to probably twenty, thirty thousand dollars. It depends on the situation. Mm. So they could vary. I bet you could get most for probably one to three grand. How it much just, did your prenup cost? 10 grand or no all in it was like it was under fifteen thousand dollars total. You, you guys couldn't have just like pinky promised or something <laughs> pinky promise see, i would just do like over text message would have been cheaper well, yeah see that was my thing earlier too with the with my friend that they only had about ten thousand dollars i'm like that's literally probably gonna be like i know ours is a little bit more complex because they obviously don't have anything you have a lot of things but um it's like that's all your money and then you're starting it doesn't off. have to be it could be they could probably find someone for fifteen hundred to two grand. That if if not cheaper, probably. I just yeah. don't think that a prenup is necessarily like something that shows that you can't trust the other person in the relationship. It's not for me. It's not an emotional thing. 
It's just a smart, logical thing yeah. to do. And I just see it as a, just another step in the journey. I think, I think some people see it that way. Some people see it as a, you don't trust me. For me, it's like a contract, just like we would have a contract for what we do. Mm-hmm. A marriage is very much a financial agreement as well, and it makes sense you would have a contract. But other people would see that as, well, it, because then you tie in emotions with, with a contract. It's not just like a business decision. It's also an emotional connection that you have with somebody, and throwing in a contract on an emotional connection is difficult. It is, yeah, because Graham It's the same thing a as a marriage contract. Graham says a lot. He's like, yeah, well, well yeah. yeah. He's like, well, marriage is a contract. I'm like, no, it's not. It's a commitment you make to each other. So, it, so it's interesting because people yeah. have definitely very different looks. And I do know, like, the majority of females do look at marriages and, like, wedding, and then you're making these commitments in front of everybody and, and see a marriage more that way. But then I know more of these finance guys like you are like a marriage is a contract and then when we explain to each other because we've had this conversation yeah. of like okay what is a marriage to you and that's something you you know i guess if you I don't are know. dating yeah. someone like graham but the thing it's is, very it's analytical like, you got to figure yeah. out what before that your definitions yeah, like are the same. macy says it's commitment but to me it's like i'm, I'm not going to be any more committed i'm i'm just i'm committed it's either it's your i'm a hundred percent or i'm a zero and so it's like well you know for me marriage for me, wouldn't it's, be it's if anything it's not trusting like the marriage because like a marriage license because if it's like oh you get these extra perks if we're married or because we're married like i just think it's just like you just do it because you do and that's what a relationship is and that's like i don't know that's why I think. so that's yeah. where we kind of had a conversation similar to you and yeah. macy so kelsey and i uh for those that you of you that don't know we got married late last year before the end of the year um but we haven't had our like our like wedding and so People, when I tell people I'm going to have a wedding, they're like, wait, aren't you married? I'm like, well, well, yeah, technically. And so what we kind of talked about, or at least I can't speak for my wife. She's not here. So let me speak for myself. Um, the marriage part of it that we had uh, late last year, that's the contractual part that basically tells the government body that we're married and whoop-de-doo, now I get tax benefits and all this other cool stuff. Um, the part that means more to me is having a wedding and then we didn't do vows last, uh, when we, I call it eloped, I guess you could say. Um, so when we get married this year, when we have the wedding, um, that's when we'll, we'll do our vows. And, and I, like Macy said, that's kind of where we're making a commitment in front of like family and friends and stuff. Um, but I get it, Graham. It's not that like I'm any more committed yeah. than, than I am now. Um, but I'm just... Uh, putting that commitment in words out loud in front of family and friends. That's really all it is. I think sometimes it's about also like vocalizing your feelings too. That you're actually sitting down and you're like, I'm vocalizing my feelings. I'm going to make these vows for people that do custom vows. I'm going to make these vows and really, really think about it in a way that you probably wouldn't on the day to day. I think a wedding is about making those commitments and then marriage is about keeping those commitments and growing with a person. I, I get that there's a whole contractual side to it, but uh, the way I have always looked at it is like a wedding is where you're together. doesn't matter if you're eloping. doesn't matter if you're with family. And friends. I mean, ideally, I'd love to be with family and friends, but you come, you sit down, you figure out like, what am I going to promise this person for the rest of your life? And yeah, you're kind of already doing it on the day to day, but it's a different thing to actually vocalize and speak that to the other person. It's like being in a relationship with somebody, for example, if they never said, I love, I love you, I would be like, do they love me? You know? And it's about like, you're, you're sitting down and you're vocalizing it in a very, very, um, I don't know, an intimate way with mm. the other person. So Is now it, after seeing anecdotal yeah. love and money stuff, we're going to actually get someone who has 
evidence and statistics and she's a judge and she's gonna be talking about expensive divorces some crazy stories and all of the other nuts things about uh divorces (laughs) let's bring her on welcome we're so excited to have you on. We've been talking now for about two months, I think, going back and forth on Instagram. Yes. I think it deserves some clarification how we kind of met, <laughs> but I was looking for videos. Uh, I've been watching the People's Court a lot lately and reacting to those videos because I love the stories. And when I was searching for new People Court videos, your videos came up from Support Court. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and so I started watching these videos. They're amazing. Thank you. I absolutely love them. And so we reacted to a few of the videos and just... I think it was you, Jack, who's like, we should just DM her and get her on. Or maybe I DM'd you. I can't. I think you mentioned it in in a reaction video. You're like, oh, yeah, I should reach out to you, Vonda, and you can come on the iced coffee hour or something like that. Maybe that that was it. And And you reached out to me. Yeah. Yeah. And then sure enough, you you happen to be here in Vegas. So we have a lot to talk about, both in terms of legal issues, child support issues. Maybe we could talk about uh, everything else that's involved in either marriage, divorce. We want to hear all the, the juicy stories that you have and how <laughs> you got to have your Judge Vonda B show. Okay. How did that come to be? So I am a practicing family law attorney. I've been doing that for the past eight years in Dallas County. Well, one day, it was I believe it was on a Saturday, like New Year's Eve or something, about three years ago, I was watching TV and this show called the couple's court came on where it was a husband and wife acting as a judge. And I was like, what is this? I've never heard of couple's court. Then after couple's court went off, you had um, paternity court. They came on and I said, wait a minute. Now we're talking couple's court, paternity court. You have people's court. Nobody is talking about child support. That is the most controversial area of law. Why isn't anybody talking about that? So within my office, a couple of guys, they do all of my editing and marketing, everything like that. So Mm -hmm. I went to them and I said, hey, what do you think about filming a show where I act as the judge and I reenact cases that I've seen or handled personally? And they were like, Wanda, that's an amazing idea. That is a good idea. So we started filming and... Now what you see today, three years later, is support court with Judge Vonda B. I never envisioned it to be that big because I literally started it to educate people about child support laws in Texas. So to see it grow from one follower to over 153000 now on YouTube, <laughs> I think it's pretty cool. That is Now, how much are you making from YouTube now? Because I, I have a feeling pretty soon, if not already, you're going to make more money from YouTube than you will practicing law. And actually, we have. Congratulations. Thank you. Gosh. <laughs> Thank you. I had posted on idea. Facebook today um, <laughs> on one of the lady lawyer's channels they were asking hey when are you ladies going on vacation when is your staff going on vacation i said i actually closed down december the first and i'm not going back until after spring break (laughs) and they were like wow boss wow (laughs) but yeah it's good the ad revenue is amazing (laughs) (laughs) you should do a sponsor in the middle of one of the the how funny would that be i would love that that would be fun i would just put it in thank you to grammarly for sponsoring this in the middle of the the support court let's do it yeah, listen, you should be, you, well, we could talk a little later on the ways to monetize your channel. But okay. uh, So how did you get into law to begin with? And, I, and why I, child support? I always wanted to be an attorney. Ever yeah. since I was, I believe, two years old, 
I always wanted to be an attorney. My dad retired from the sheriff's department in Dallas County. He worked there over 30 years. My mom retired from Dallas County as a supervisor in the felony courts. So it was one of those things that I just kind of fell into. (laughs) And then I married the bailiff that's on the show. (laughs) Well, the newer episodes, the older episodes that you see with the bailiff, that's my dad. So the newer episodes, that's my husband, Christopher Shaw who is actually a police officer. He's the police chief at UNT Dallas in um, is located in Dallas and also at the UNT college of law in downtown Dallas. So yeah, it's something I just always wanted to do. And in child support in particular, I had a personal experience with child support with my son's father. Mm. And it was one of those situations. My situation was not as bad as I've seen others, you know, but I was like, Why not do this? So it kind of found me. You know, I had the patience for it. You definitely have to have patience. The personality, of course, because you have to have a lot of compassion. When people are coming and talking to you about child support issues and the mom is not paying child support or the dad is not paying child support, there are a lot of hurt feelings that lie underneath that. So once I can kind of counsel through that, then we can move forward with the progression of the case. What was your first case you ever took? I'm sure everyone remembers the first case. Oh, (laughs) yeah. What was that? (laughs) The first case I had, it was dad trying to get custody of the child. Mom, I believe, was an exotic dancer. Hmm. And she was posting all over Instagram, you know, about her clients. She was posting her body and there was marijuana that were in the pictures. So dad is like, yeah, I don't think this is safe for the child. Mm -hmm. Interesting enough, I go to court and in this particular County in Dallas is located in Tarrant County. So Tarrant County is like the Fort Worth, the Arlington area. They are zero tolerance on drug usage of any kind, including marijuana. Mm -hmm. The judge looked at me right in my face and said, Miss Bailey, it's only marijuana. And I said, wow. uh, judge, it's only still illegal. And wow. he, was, he just blew it off. <laughs> and so my client is confused because normally people get their kids removed for drug usage. In, sure. in that particular county, they will put you on supervised visits for marijuana usage. Wow. Okay. It never happened. But, and I, I, I don't like to play that whole gender role thing, but you do see some differences mm. in court. I think had the roles been reversed, dad would have been on supervised visits. But mm. I think because it was mom and this is what she did for a living, well, what she enjoyed, if I remember correctly, that, those were her words. Yeah. She actually enjoyed doing it. You know, the judge didn't take her kid away from her and put her with dad, which I thought was pretty sad. Yeah. Do you ever have a client where you disagree with their with their request or you it how difficult is it to represent a client who you're just let's say you're against or you just <laughs> how often does that come up or did it come up? All the time. Yeah. <laughs> I do not always agree with my clients. About eighty to ninety percent of my clients are men. So when they first come in, you know, they're like, I don't want to deal with my child's mom. You're tough. You're female. You know, how you, you know, you all know how to handle each other. Yeah. Right. So it's a matter of educating first. Right. Because remember, I said a lot of them come from a hurt place, whether it was infidelity, um, 
even if it wasn't infidelity, just the mere fact of being placed on child support kind of rubs people the wrong way. So once I kind of get through that, I can work through their case a lot easier, but I have had some very, very difficult clients. Some that wanted me to help them commit fraud. <laughs> what What's fraud? I mean, how would like, you describe it? And you know, where you, <clears throat> let's say hypothetically in a divorce case, right in Texas, a, um, Texas is a community property state. So everything is 50, 50, anything mm -hmm. accumulated during the marriage. Well, since the date of marriage is considered community property. Well, anything before that is separate property. All right. So trying to get me to actively pursue property that, you know, existed before the oh, marriage. Wow. Like that is total fraud, especially right. when it's documented. Right. That is separate property and i just refuse to do that kind of stuff but you definitely get asked i'm pretty sure a lot of attorneys you know are placed in situations where your clients want you to do something that you're absolutely opposed to yeah do you ever just choose to not represent a client because you disagree with what they're asking for absolutely especially when it comes to things that are just morally that i don't necessarily agree with yeah. like anything dealing with discrimination I'm not going to represent that person, any form of discrimination, whether it's, you know, race, gender, sexual orientation, religion, because believe it or not, you get a lot of those situations in that initial consultation. Yeah. You get a feel. It's like an interview. I'm interviewing my potential client. They're interviewing me. And I just know right off the back, if it's di anything dealing with discrimination, I'm nine times out of 10, yeah, not going to touch it. Right. How much do you get paid per case? And do you get paid based on how much money you could get for your clients? Like if I came to you and said, hey, I want, you know, 20 grand a month. Do you get paid at like a commission? Like, like a real estate agent would get paid like a commission on a deal. I wish it worked <laughs> like that. Like every month you get <laughs> like a small sliver of imagine that. Well, we do, in a sense, you can get paid by the month, right? Because you have an initial retainer that your clients have to pay you when they come in. So yeah. for me, the initial retainer, if you want to retain me for a contested matter, depending on the contested nature, it starts at about ten or $15,000. Okay. And that's just the initial. <laughs> wow. And then you have to replenish that every time it gets to a certain amount. So some people do pay on a monthly basis. Some pay bi-weekly. It just depends on the contested nature of the case. Wow. And a lot of times the contested nature comes from the client itself. It's really not the other person. It's them wanting to contact you all throughout the day. It's 3 a.m. You get this <laughs> random thought. And it's like, hey, I want to message my lawyer <laughs> at 3 a.m. Yeah. You know, I mean, I may not respond until the next day, but depending on what it is you want me to do the next day, it would require time spent on the case. Yeah, I have to say, uh, Jack, I don't know if I told you this, but uh, oh, yeah, I know you know about this about a year ago. So I've never had a lawyer ever for mm -hmm. anything. And uh, I was negotiating a contract and it was I, I did I didn't know how to navigate it because it, it had to do with with. Um, uh, it was for a startup investment. And so I hired a lawyer to review it all. And he was so helpful. And he, he explained everything to me. And then at that point, I was like, well, you know what? I, and then he drafted up our our, uh, our contract between Jack and I. And it was like, well, that's really easy. And then all of a sudden, I've had him review every single thing. And uh, yeah, that line kind of gets blurred between now. It's like, 
because we talk so often. It's like now he's kind of like a buddy, and I can send him texts and like, what do you think of this? And just all hours, it, exactly like you said. Now he's he's getting billed for this, but uh, or I'm getting billed for it. But uh, yeah, I could definitely see that, especially with something as sensitive as uh, like child support. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's at our discretion what we choose to bill for. Yeah. He, your attorney may not bill you for everything. Uh, I think I, <laughs> I or, see that bill. Or, it's, it's basically turned into a monthly thing now because well, he's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, and you do yeah. have that discretion. So there yeah. are some things maybe, you know, you can cut the price in half where it would normally be this. You charge sure. this. If it were a communication where it was five text messages, you'll bill for it, but maybe you'd bill for two or three, sure. something like that. Yeah. Especially if it's a client where there's going to be some longevity and they're going to be a recurring client, yeah. you'll cut little breaks every now and then. Got it. So what does your job entail? Like, is it all child support cases or do you also take on other sorts of cases as well? Oh, yeah. I do custody cases, divorce cases, which child support of children are involved. That's already an element within that case mm -hmm. and adoptions as well. You can do um, name changes. So I've had people get their name changed as an adult. I've had children, um, their parents have their name changed for a variety of reasons, all those type of things and property related issues too, which can get really, really messy mm. and they can get messier than child support cases. What was the worst situation you've seen or the most difficult? It was a situation where I was coming to court and husband, I represent a wife, husband brought new girlfriend to court, which I never no. advise anybody <laughs> to do. If you're going through a divorce and infidelity is an element that they're trying no. to prove in a divorce, it's never going to be a good idea to bring <laughs> the person that you were cheating on them with to court. Right? Oh, oh my God. See, yeah. I was thinking new girlfriend. I'm like, they separated. Yeah. You got a new girlfriend. So She's that like was supporting him. That was the person. Oh, yikes. Okay. It was the most embarrassing <laughs> thing ever because when that person comes into court, yeah. you can call them as a witness, even if they're not on your witness list. Really? So it's like, hey, I want to call her as a witness. Well, she's not on your witness list. She doesn't have to be. She showed up to court today. I have questions for her, right? Is she obligated to do that? Let's she just say she just showed up in the courtroom and she's like, no, I got to <laughs> leave right now. Well, I can still call her as a witness and ask the judge to make sure that she sticks around because she came to court. And I actually saw that happen. I was on the other end of that where that happened to me. One People, when they come to, to court, they like to have significant others and friends just to be there for moral yeah, support. Sure. However, the problem with that is you can get them called as a witness. So that happened to me. And I said to the attorney, they're not related to this case at all well they may be i want to call them as a witness i was like that is so messed up so every since then when i saw that i was like well if it's a witness that could be you know a character witness have a lot of information that i may or may not need i want to call them in and that's what happened on the case it was bad wow yeah. So what was the outcome of that case? What they happened? end up fighting yeah. after court, like physically fighting. Oh, oh my wow. gosh. Yeah. They ended up physically fighting. And just so you know, family courts fight more than in criminal courts. Are you serious? Yes. So the well, two wait. ladies were fighting. Yeah. They were fighting. 
And, and the husband had to intervene. No And way. break it up, right? Yeah. And they went to jail because you have oh, bailiffs there. No. Yeah, they went to jail. It was bad. They waited out until they got outside of the yeah. courtroom. But yeah, it was right there in the hallway. It was like the wildest thing I'd ever experienced. Oh now, I've gosh, seen yeah. fights in the courthouse that literally did not involve me. I was at one end of the child support courts, and I'm looking to the other end of the hallway, and you just see people fighting. Right. And that's normally what it is. Oh, my gosh. It's hurt feeling someone is bringing someone new to court. Right. And when I saw that, I was like, yeah, I can't I can't do this. That was just too much for me. And I said to the attorney, I was like, you know, you need to have a conversation with your client. Yeah. Not only was it rude, it was extremely hurtful. They're going through a divorce. And I think they had been married. Almost 20 years. Oh, That's a long geez. marriage. We're yeah. not talking about people that, you know, just eloped and been married a year or two. We're talking about a 20-year marriage. There are a lot of hurt feelings there. Gosh. Oh, I can't imagine that. Oh, well, <laughs> I experienced it, and I never have to see that again. Wow. Jeez. So on, uh, like, these, these TV shows... How real is something like the People's Court? I've always been curious, like if some things, because some of these char characters, I mean, they're characters. I mean, it's just <laughs> yeah. like, how do they find this guy? How do they screen for these people? Because we've done our own, like uh, we did the the Graham Stephan show, right? People call in and screening for interesting calls was so difficult, and we just didn't get enough. Mm -hmm. And so I'd imagine, like the People's Court, they get these insane scenarios. Like how much of that is scripted or played up i mean a lot of it is scripted but with <clears throat> certain shows they have where the judge is an arbitrator so in in which i'm probably sure it's in your you all's contracts there's an arbitration clause <clears throat> so arbitration means that you all will go to an independent person whatever that outcome is i don't want to say ruling because they're not a judge per right. se, but whatever the outcome is that's final it's binding yes. kind of like a mediation type situation yeah so that's what what they're doing a lot of times on these courtroom shows so some of those rulings and outcomes they're actually legit mm. but you really can't tell which part is scripted versus which part is unscripted because i've had friends that have appeared on courtroom shows and they're like uh yeah vonda that was scripted but it was portions of it that were real like they had a real life issue the reason they were going to court yeah you know and it's Small claims. So we're talking about nothing that's over like five and five thousand yeah, dollars. Yeah. You know, it's you broke my vacuum cleaner or you didn't pay the other half of your rent, yeah, which equated was, to about twenty five hundred dollars. Yeah, right. Something like that. Yeah, I like this. So, but so the downside is you can't do that for child support, unfortunately, right? So you couldn't get a real case and just showcase it and, or can you well and that's the thing i don't know if you can actually do that per se but i think if at any point i were to become an arbitrator yeah and i were not running for judge which we'll talk about that here in a yeah, second cool. because i am currently running for judge um when i if i were to become an arbitrator or something like that and have a show that is something that i would be able to do i just don't know necessarily the logistics of it yeah. because there is an actual child support court but that's not necessarily arbitration so when you go to child support court they have the attorney general there that um helps mediate 
the case between the two people so they yeah. don't have to go to court. But if they don't agree, then they'll have to go to court. But arbitration is something totally different. So, I mean, it's something I'm looking into long term. Do these people get paid to be on the show? I, I'd imagine if, if, if one person wins, it's like, well, we're just going to pay it. Well, no. So yeah. a lot of them are just volunteers. They really? were, some of them were my family members. No <laughs> they were just way. Like, like when the show first started, yeah. we needed talent. So they were like, yeah, I'll do it. I'll yeah. do it. And the more popular the show has become, people yeah. are like, hey, I want to come on yeah. support court. And I'm like, okay. So, yeah, it's. Yeah, we haven't wow. we yeah. haven't gotten to that point yet. We're still kind of in, even though it's 153,000 subscribers, yeah. that's still in the growing phase. Yeah, right. So once we get it to where we want, where we have a legit company that we're going through for our talent and everything like that, it'll be a little different. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like logistically, that would have been extremely challenging to start up because you needed an entire I mean, you have, you have to have an audience, you have to have so many people there, and you also have to have a courtroom. Do you have to, like, rent out the courtroom? Or, I do. And then what about, wow. like, the cameras and everything? Is it already a pre-prepared courtroom for shoot, filming stuff in there, or is that just, like, an actual courtroom where you bring your cameras in? Great question. So a friend of mine, he is a personal injury attorney. So he does the trucking accidents and car wrecks and stuff like that. So they do a lot of jury trials. They'll bring in people to do a mock trial. So they'll present their case to these 12 people to see what the potential outcome would be. So he built out part of, he has a law office in that building. So they built out that courtroom wow. specifically to bring in the mock trial jurors and such. So the courtroom is already built out. That's mm -hmm. the courtroom that you all see. The, um, Filming crew, that's my crew, who that's it's their own media group. They actually come in, set up all the cameras and everything like that. And the talent are the people that the audience members, they're mm -hmm. actually the talent. I wanted to make it be be as realistic as possible to a child support court in Texas. All the litigants, when you have court on that day, everyone sits in the gallery together mm. until their case is called. So you literally oh. hear all the cases before yours seems intimidating yeah you i mean it could be because yeah. you're sitting there you're listening to the judge give rulings your situation may be similar to the one that's before you yeah. so it's like man oh man i'm doing that the judge did this to that yeah. person right so everyone sits in the gallery because i know i was getting feedback they're like uh, everyone is sitting in the courtroom together. I'm like, that's how it is in a Texas child support courtroom. Yeah, my one ex I've been to court once, and it was for a tenant who was growing weed in the garage and then stopped paying his rent. Oh, and wow. And it was so scary, because I, I remember. And uh, yeah, no, I had someone um, helping me, so I was representing myself. Mm -hmm. Well, no, no, I did, this guy was helping me out, but I had to go like up on the stage by myself. I was so scared. And you hear, I, I remember hearing all the cases. He's like, Graham Stephan versus, and then the name of the other person. I was just terrified. Oh, yeah. And you walk up there, and I'm like, everyone else looking at me. Yeah. Uh, but thankfully, I didn't do almost any of the talking. The tenant did all the talking, pretty much, and uh, just dug himself in a hole because he didn't come with any information at all. That happens so, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Very common. So I've been to court once as well. I uh, I 
like blew through a stop sign according to the cops so like i went up to the (laughs) stop sign yeah okay it was like 11 p.m at night and it was a four-way stop in a residential area and you know i think i did a california stop so yeah i kind of rolled through it a little bit got pulled over and uh, decided to take it to court you know so i could oh gosh i I plead full of yourself no 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 no. i would plead guilty i'll get the traffic and then you can yeah you can get traffic school so you don't get the points on your record also can like lower the price of your thing so like I went in with like a two hundred and fifty dollar ticket and went down to like two hundred and twenty. So I saved like thirty dollars, and I also didn't get the points on my record. But I remember I filmed this because I was so frustrated for like going through the stop sign because let's be honest, not a lot of people come to a complete stop at right. stop signs where you feel the car like you know stop. Yeah, Drake calls it a rolly. Exactly, it's a rolly, not yeah, a stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. So I figured no one does that, and there was a stop sign leaving the courthouse, and I looked for the cop that came and pulled me over, and I found him in the parking lot, and I watched him drive out of the courthouse, and did he did not it? stop. Yeah, I filmed it. He did. And I went back to that courtroom, and I went up to the person standing at the door. I'm like, I just caught the cop committing the exact same crime that I committed, and why I'm here today what can we do? How can we make this right? Oh and he's all, yeah, you're going to have to co- go to like the police department and then like file <laughs> the, all the these complaint. reports and everything. It's like, and what do that, I get right? out of that? Yeah. Like, right. what do I get out of that? No, but I filmed it. It's uh, like, it's posted to some random YouTube channel I have. Someone has to find it. Yeah. Yes, they have to, we have to make it go viral. What, what would the title be of that? It's like cop pulls me over for running a stop sign, then runs a stop sign. Are you serious? Something like that, yeah. And it's yeah, like we, it's like a twenty to, second clip. Yeah, we need yeah. to change that title, make it something shorter. Some, yeah, well, cop this was, breaking the law, something yeah, like that. Yeah, oh my god, cop making yeah. a rolly. It was frustrating. Yeah, <laughs> let's talk about different case scenarios, okay? Okay. So let's say if someone were to be making as much money as let's say Graham over here, mm. what would that support court like verdict be like if you were to marry someone and then split? Yeah, I, I was curious about this because let's say in a scenario where like someone makes, let's just say, you know, twenty million dollars a year. Okay. Okay. The other person makes two hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay. You're living as though you make two hundred thousand dollars a year, even though the one person's making ten. How is child support dictated in a scenario like that? It depends on the needs and the lifestyle of those particular children. Mm-hmm. Because child support in Texas, it is very simple. It's a calculation talks about your gross your net you know you get the net from taking out the taxes and everything like that after you get the net how many children do you have and of course giving you credit for any health insurance that you provide right that's it's straight like that Mm -hmm. well you have nuances where um in the texas family code there are certain factors that you can ask for to get what's called above the guidelines child support so let's say hypothetically the children have a special diet they can't eat anything gluten right so there's a chef that comes in cooks these children's meals three to four times a day they go to daycare at an exclu- in an exclusive neighborhood, an exclusive area. Um, they have tutors that are world-renowned. They're in golf programs with private sessions, all those type of things. Sure. Those are some of the things that you can then go into the court and say, hey, I need child support a little bit more than what the guideline would be. But you have to meet that requirement before you go to court. What happens is... In that same scenario, people feel like, oh, 
they make this amount of money, so I'm entitled to this amount of child support. It doesn't happen like that. I don't know if you all are familiar with um, Chris Brown has a child support case out of Houston, Texas. I didn't know that. Yes. Chris Brown, the rapper? Chris he Brown, the rapper. I know. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. He has two kids now, I believe. I had no clue. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, he has a child. His case is out of Houston, Texas. Mm -hmm. And the mother of that child receives child support based on the cap. So in Texas, there is a cap. It's up to, well, at that time it was a lot lower, but now it's $9,200 of your net resources. That's the amount of money that you can get. No matter how much money Chris Brown is worth, she's only entitled to that $9,200 cap. Well, like I said, back then it was like, I think it was 8550 at the time that sure. that case took place. Yeah. So child support, she received like 2300 something like that. It's not a lot of money. Well, people online were having reactions to it, right? They were like, Chris Brown is worth all of this money. Right. Why isn't she entitled to more? Oh, my God, I'm going to move to Texas because it's so cheap. And it's like, no, that's not how Texas law works. She didn't have any facts, according to the court documents, yeah. right? She didn't have any facts that described a lifestyle of the child that required anything extra. So she should get the bare minimum, the baseline. Well, when I say bare minimum, $2,300 is not bare minimum right. for the average person. But considering his income, it was the bare minimum. So absent anything showing that this child is, let's say, special needs or has anything going on that will require that extra care in terms of funding, you're going to get what the yeah. guidelines now, I thought it was to create a stable environment for the child so that when they go from one house to another, there's not a big discrepancy. Wouldn't in that case there be a huge discrepancy between Chris Brown's lifestyle and, you know, getting paid 2300 a month? And that is a great question. Yeah. You say Chris Brown's lifestyle. Yeah. His lifestyle is not the determining factor. It's the lifestyle of the child. So in Texas, it's the, the hallmark is what's in the best interest of the child. Right. It never has anything or it shouldn't have anything to do with the parents individually because then we would step in muddy waters, right? right. Then you'll be talking about, oh, well, you're worth this. That means your child is entitled to this. And that's a yes. scary way to look at things yeah. because even if you're not someone who's Chris Brown, let's say you're a CEO who lives in Texas, you make 500,000. Then if you base that off of, you know, lifestyle of that person that makes 500,000, they would exceed what necessarily the child should receive based on what the law says. Got so it. it's on the needs of the child. It always starts there. Now, is that every state or is that just, Texas. Every state have a maximum or every state has their own. I wouldn't I don't necessarily know if every state has their own maximum, but every state does have a certain um cap in guideline that they use in order to determine what someone is gonna pay for child support. Um, child support in Texas closely resembles that of California. Hmm. California is also um, a community property state like right. Texas. Now, the um, amounts are different. So for one child in Texas, it's 20 percent of your net resources. In California, I believe it's 40. 40 percent. 40 percent. That's a lot. It is a lot. Which but is why a lot of people come to Texas and have but, kids. But 40 percent <laughs> up to a cap? 
or is it just forty percent of net resource? No, forty percent up to a cap. Forty percent up to their cap. Got it. Okay. Yeah. I have a question. So what if they're making millions and millions of dollars, but it just so happens that they set like a 15 year plan to grow their business and they spend everything on business growth. And then they're only making like a hundred grand a year. Like do, can they go after those funds and say, no, you're using them to grow your business or how does that work? That is a great question. So in a situation like that, you'll need a little bit more, of research right so i've seen cases where attorneys have hired what's called a forensic accountant Mm -hmm. someone to actually come in and do the tracing and come and testify to where the money is actually going and what someone is actually making because you can separate the business from your personal so even though your business may be making millions you may truly only be making a hundred thousand dollars which is typically what people want to be placed on child support for right Mm. so it requires a little bit in a situation like that it requires a little bit more research to actually find that what i found people that have situations like that where their business is making a lot of money and they're trying to say they only make a hundred thousand they never separate the business from the personal what do i mean by that they don't have a, what do you call it, like a checking system that's writing them a check every two weeks or every so often. They're literally transferring money from their business account yeah. to their personal account. And when you do that, me as an attorney, I can look at that and do an average on a monthly basis, like how much you're transferring to yourself and say, hey, you're saying 100000 but according to these transfers, and it links back to your personal account. It's coming up to $300,000. So in a situation like that, well, you you don't ever want to do that because that's just not good for business, right? Right. But then on top of that, you want to make sure that you're separating the two so you don't muddy the waters. Got it. Yeah. They call that commingling. So so, so basically, you're saying that that in order to prove 100000 they need to actually pull 100000 from the business to the personal, everything else stays in the business correct and the best way to do that is to not pay yourself personally like that get a checking system to where you're getting um a what do you call it a w-2 getting a w-2 making sure it's on your tax return all your documents look good and the forensic accountant that's the best person to do that tracing for you if you have a regular cpa or someone like that who can do it that would be great too, but it's going to require someone else independent of yourself to come in and say that. Yeah. There was a, a very wealthy real estate developer in, uh, in Los Angeles. He was married, I think for only like two years and his ex, uh, wanted, I think it was $75,000 a month from him to maintain her lifestyle. And I was like, what? That made, that made no sense to me, <laughs> but she was fighting it. And, and the point, and, and this guy, uh, uh, was basically, he was a, a very prominent figure mm-hmm. and he was trying to suppress all the news about this because she, the, the, the more he said no, the more she's like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to blow this up in this thing. And now you're going to see it on this publication. Yeah, it's going to be everywhere. Him into doing right. It. Yeah. Right. And I don't know the outcome of that, but, uh, yeah, I have to look that one up. The one I looked up recently, I cannot think his name. Um, it just went viral on social media. People were upset about him paying so much money. I can't remember how much he has to give her for life. And everybody was upset about it. And I said, well, did any of you b- bother to read the article? He agreed to it. 
And we were on Facebook and they were like, mm. wow, in the world with would he agree to that? And I yeah. said, you have to think the media is only giving you so much right. of what actually happens in these people's lives. Right. So if he knows he's worth this amount, cause I looked it up. I think he was worth like 4.3 million billion. dollars. It must've been billion. It was, it was, it was $4.3 billion. Yeah, I cannot sure. remember his name right now, yeah. but he agreed to pay so much money. I said, think about it. He's worth all of this. There are probably assets that he was able to maintain in order to give her that money, right? Yeah. So whatever it is that he has probably working behind the scenes or on the side, it's the drop in the bucket to just give her what she's asking for. So it just really depends on the circumstances. Wait, so in that case, he was paying her a lot of money? Yeah, it was a lot, yeah. and it was for the rest of her life, if I believe I read that correctly. Okay. The media is only giving you a very small glimpse yeah. of a 20 year marriage or a 30 year marriage. Yeah. So it just really depends. And a lot of these situations that you see with spousal maintenance, they've already been kind of groomed to be set up to have that lifestyle. So at a certain point, if you, I guess if you think about it from a legal standpoint and not necessarily a moral standpoint, sure. because we typically like to look at everything from a moral standpoint, right? Correct. But yeah. if you look at it from a legal standpoint, if this person has been in this relationship with you 20 years, they've raised the children, yes. you have been able to grow your business, focus on Correct. your business, do all of those things. Is it legally right for them to just walk away I agree. with nothing. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, from a legal standpoint, I can see it a little better. If yeah. it were a moral standpoint, I probably would have a little yeah. bit more of a difficult like time. I do, like I do see a difference if if one person is staying home. They're taking, they've, they've taken time off from their work. They're out of the workforce. They're taking care of the children. They're supporting the family. I, I think that, I mean, obviously deserves to be compensated. Uh, but in like this, this other real estate guy's case, like she was, I think in her late 20s, she was like, uh, she's from Europe, uh, perfectly capable, no kids, and 75000 a month just seems to me, you know. Well, how did she get to the United States from Europe? Was it one of those things that was like a mail order thing? I am, yeah, and I see, mean, and yeah, that's another yeah, thing, know. you know, yeah. when I like to watch the ID channel a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you see things come up like that a lot, yeah. you know, where people get online they do like the mail order bride thing. And it's like, hey, I give you this amount of money if you come over here and marry me. So you never necessarily know Wait, who the does that story. Oh, it happens. Who, who pays <laughs> the money? Like, what's the website? Who, the person. The person that's offering. You know, they have all so these So if the websites. person lives in the United States, is that person that's paying or is it the person that lives elsewhere is paying? The person that lives in the United States. Is paying to have someone fly out to them and yes. then marry them. Yes. And it happens in a lot of... European <laughs> countries, I mean, I've seen it happen yeah. a lot, right? Got it. Okay. If you watch the Investigation Discovery, I love that channel, <laughs> by the way, ID, it happens quite frequently. I mean, at the end of it, somebody ends up dead. I mean, that's the whole oh purpose behind the, oh, okay. the um, channel, Investigation investigation Discovery. Either the person that came over ends up dead or the person that brought them over oh ends gosh, up dead. I don't want anyone to but, do <laughs> Yeah, it, it happens oh, a lot more than what people know. And they are literally paying, you know, for them to come over here because a lot of the time they want the citizenship, right? Yes. So it's an even exchange. I want the citizenship. The only way I can get it is if I marry someone who's in the States. And you have to think the uh, the living conditions in a lot of places yeah, outside the U.S. They're different. They would do 
anything to come to the United States and have the opportunities here. Right. So a lot of people and a lot of, a lot of well, I, would, I don't want to say it's most, uh, probably mostly men, but, uh, you know, they're just, you know, they want to bring someone over and they want the affection and the, the love and well, hopefully love, but yeah. maybe not. Uh, but it, it's very, I mean, it's transactional. Yeah. You know? <laughs> sure, yeah. Right? Yeah, so yeah. I am newly wed. And I'm listening Congratulations. to these, thank you. And I'm listening to these giant words like <laughs> spousal support. And I'm over here like my heart's like, what? <laughs> um, so I'm trying to figure this out, Vonda. What advice? You know, I, I understand if somebody deserves um, spousal support after, you know, like Graham said, taking time off of their work to support their children, you know, be a homemaker. But what you know they're like prenups in place to uh, protect certain assets but what can somebody like me do who is trying to set up for a successful successful future um what can i do to protect myself from um over stated claims maybe of something like this and i don't make a bunch of money but let's just say i do how can i protect myself and uh find something that's fair or just from a system being abused? That is a great question. Um, The first thing I would encourage people to do is to not start something you can't necessarily finish. The lavish gifts and the big allowances and not necessarily saying that everybody does that, right? But you can't really start off like that because if you start off like that and that's the expectation and you keep doing it, you've now set a trend. Mm -hmm. And when you go to court, Hopefully you never go to court, right? But if you were to go to court, that's going to be the testimony. He or she started doing this six years ago and they never stopped doing it, right? So you've kind of told the judge, like, this is the status quo. So it needs to be maintained. So don't put yourself in a position where you're starting something that you may not necessarily want to finish at a later time. That's the biggest thing that I see happening in these types of cases involving spousal maintenance. So we talked about child support. Child support is within the name of itself. Support of the child, financial support of the child. Spousal maintenance is essentially the same thing. It's financial support for the spouse for a certain amount of time. It can be something as um, temporary as six months. It can be something as long as... A lifetime just depends on the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of spousal maintenance cases, too, just like child support cases that involve where a person may have to pay child support indefinitely for the child's life. Mm -hmm. Like if it's a child that requires a lot of medical assistance as an adult, you know, um, something like that. So it's the same thing with the spouse. If a spouse is terminal. And they require a 24-hour nursing staff or something like that. and Or they're in hospice. And the spouse has always taken care of those bills and met those medical needs. Then in situations like that, the court can order that spouse to continue making those payments. So essentially, spousal maintenance is similar to child support. The main difference is that you're paying it to your spouse or soon to be ex-spouse versus giving it to the other parent for the support of the child. Something that I would recommend people doing, you mentioned prenup. A prenup protects assets that existed before the marriage. So you do a prenup before the marriage actually takes takes place. You can also do a postnup. And prenups is short for prenuptial agreement. Mm. 
postnuptial agreement means after the divorce. So anything that has been accumulated or may be accumulated during the marriage, you can write it out in your postnuptial agreement that it maintains a characteristic of separate property. I've seen that happen too. Like people got yeah. married, they had a house, <clears throat> wife wanted to keep it. They did a postnup and it was clear that the house was going to go to wife at the time that a divorce would occur. Yeah. Now my understanding though, a prenup also dictates the terms of the marriage itself. So you could, you could dictate in a prenup, this is to, to, you know, this income is supposed to be separate property. This is going to be divided like this. Alimony could be this. It does. Um, as long as a prenup does not, violate public policy or is illegal or anything like that yeah. it's going to be upheld in court a prenuptial agreement cannot address the issue of child support right. at all um it can't address you know what will happen with custody or anything with children but um anything absent a violation of public policy or like i said illegal then it's going to be upheld because it's essentially an a mutual agreement between both parties yeah so what if there's like a relationship between two people and one person makes a lot of money. Let's just say like 500 grand a year. The other person makes, you know, like 60, 70, $80,000 a year. And then the person that's making 60, 70, $80,000 isn't aware that the other person's making $500,000 and they live at a low standard of like, or not a low standard of living, but like an average income. And then they get married and then they get divorced. But the person making all this money never discloses to the other person that he's making this amount of money and continues to live at that level. Shaq, come on. Jack, what are you trying to do, obvious man? question you can ever What? It is a great question, though, because... Why is know, it an obvious question? How does the other person that you're marrying not know how much money you make? Oh, you would be surprised. That's why... You oh, you would question. be surprised, Graham. You would be surprised. Oh. No, he actually asked... A very How legit question. Well, thank you, <laughs> you very much. Just do it agree with you. me. I, <laughs> How do they not know? Really? How do you not oh, know? Oh, you will be really? surprised. You'd be surprised, Graham. But they get married and they have no idea how much the other person makes? It, that happens a lot. What? Yep, and all the you time. end up not... I mean, it's the same thing like when people are divorcing. It's like all the skeletons come out during oh, a divorce. Gosh. You find out about children <laughs> that you didn't know existed. Oh, that. My were either created before your relationship started or created during your relationship. I mean, I've seen that happen. Same oh thing gosh. with assets, you know, hiding assets, putting things in other people's name. Although you are the one who is the custodian of it, yeah. it's in someone else's name, it's offshore, that kind of stuff happens. So it is very, very possible that a spouse could be marrying someone and not necessarily know all of the money that, is attached to them or the dead because a lot of people, you know, they live off charge cards. I've seen that happen too in divorces, living off charge cards, living this very lavish lifestyle. And then next thing you know, you get these notices in the mail that are like three and four months. Like, Hey, the bank is getting ready to seize your house. Wow. And you're like, wait a minute. I thought that my spouse was taking care of all of that. And turns out they have a mountain of debt. There is no income. So it can happen both ways. Oh. I kept telling Jack, I'm like, there's no way you're getting married without the other person knowing how much you make. But uh, that's assuming but everybody is honest. I mean, everybody I guess, is not. <laughs> I, I guess so. So what? So what happens in Jack's right scenario? in this case? In terms of a divorce, like with spousal maintenance, yeah, like you live at some lower standard of living that when you could, you know, achieve with the joint income. Uh, and you just never disclose how much money you're making. Well, it really depends. So in a lot of divorce cases, especially ones that don't involve children, um, it is encouraged that you go to mediation. Mm -hmm. Well, in order to 
settle in mediation, you have to disclose everything. And in a lot of divorce cases, everything that's not disclosed ends up getting revealed some type of way, Mm -hmm. especially if the attorneys do what's called discovery. Discovery is just a fancy word to say, hey, give me all this information. So you, well, Texas law has changed, so you have to give this information up front now. It used to be where you send it to the other person, they had 30 Mm -hmm. days to give it to you. Now, from the time that a case is filed and the other person responds or files an answer to the case, they have to produce all of these documents up front to now kind of circumvent the scenario that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. because then you would have that lower income spouse pretty much walking away with nothing. And the spouse that has more money walking away with everything. So in my opinion, the way that Texas law kind of does it now, they're called the initial disclosures where you have to give this stuff up front. I think it kind of helps with making sure that doesn't happen as often. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say it doesn't happen anymore, but it doesn't happen as often as it used to. Got it. The best solution to that, Jack, I just came up with this. I could just pay you less. Why are you saying this is directed towards me? I'm just saying. So My way, question so was way, purely hypothetical. So that way, it, it I wasn't. Know. It didn't have to do with anyone. Know, but just in case, I think we should probably, you know, take it down a little you bit. You don't pay me anything. Just in, just in case. I don't pay you anything. No, you don't. Well, well maybe, okay. We could, we could, we could keep it that way. Sure. <laughs> Graham, can you I get it. a pay cut too while we're at? <laughs> yeah, Alex, you can make less too. That is hilarious. <laughs> Communication is key in any relationship, <laughs> and I see that falling by the wayside. <laughs> in a lot of cases, they end up in divorce. They just don't communicate with each other. You have to communicate. You have to be open and honest about finances. I cannot stress that enough. <laughs> Being open and honest about finances, good, bad, and ugly, you have to disclose all of it, whether you want to or not. Yeah, so something that we've talked about is we potentially want to adopt um, or have a child. And the one thing that Kelsey and I, as of now, and obviously it might change, is we want it to be 50-50 in regards to parenting. Right. Okay. And it may not go that way depending on our schedule or, you know, whatever life may bring our way. And we'll discuss it at the time. But I mean, assuming that we go 50 50 on the, on, on taking care of the child here, is there anything that like we can do? Cause you said you can't include children on a prenup. You can, so I, that doesn't mean that we can sign some sort of document that says if we split, you know, we're just going even like like there's no money exchange like I can't do that is that that's illegal or well I wouldn't necessarily say it's illegal it just violates public policy in terms of putting it into an actual agreement if you all are going <clears throat> to adopt though you can do um what is that called um I saw it happen in another state. It didn't necessarily happen in Texas. They had an actual agreement between the two of them that outlined what the parenting roles were going to be, mm. not upon the time of a divorce, at the time that they were married. Guys, like, people should do that yeah. when they have a kid to begin with. Like, well, I mean, wait, you wait, I don't understand. A parenting agreement. So it's kind of like, but in Texas, you usually see a parenting agreement after someone is placed on child support. This situation was different. They adopted a child Mm. and outlined before any divorce or child support or anything like that, what the parental roles were going to be for each parent. And I believe this case, 
I want to say Arkansas, but I could be wrong. Um, but it was a same sex couple. It was two females and they outlined what each person's roles would be yeah. when it comes to parenting with the child. <laughs> Eventually they did go through a divorce and it, it got really messy because then it ended up mm. not having anything to do with the parenting roles. Mm. It was the parent that carried the child trying to say that the other parent was not the parent. Oh, so wow. they were able to, the courts were able to use that parenting agreement between mm. them to show that, okay, this is the parent because if you didn't think it was the parent, you wouldn't have agreed to that. Right. Right. But yeah, putting something, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be in writing. Right. If you're talking about adopting a child with your spouse, but I think it is important for parents to outline what the parental roles are. You should not just let one parent take 100% role on everything. That's, you know, feeding the child, clothing the child, taking the child to school, picking them up from school, um, scheduling their doctor's appointments, dental appointments. One parent shouldn't do that solely because that's when you start getting into trouble. And you mentioned you want to co-parent or do a 50-50 split. Everything you do during your marriage has to be 50-50. And that number, I really don't like the term 50-50 because nothing really is 50-50 in general, yep. right? Someone at some point is always going to do more than the other one. But as long as in terms of parenting, you guys are sharing responsibilities. As long as you do that, you should be fine. But you're not getting a divorce. We're You're, you're not getting a divorce, so you don't have to worry about that. Well, thanks. And so the, the other thing that you were mentioning too about not establishing uh, a trend right when it comes to to certain gifts and stuff um to avoid maybe abuse of the what is it spousal maintenance yeah, yes. spousal maintenance. Maintenance. yeah. Uh, so you're saying mm -hmm. this year what i could do to avoid that is maybe not give any christmas gifts no that's not <laughs> what i'm saying I knew that's where you're going on. <laughs> you can give christmas <laughs> gifts just keep it under ten dollars <laughs> You know, you, you just have to, there's a difference between, you know, showering your spouse with gifts every now and then, <laughs> anniversary, birthdays versus, you know, some of the things I've seen where they have an allowance of $10,000 a month, Oh, jeez, right? That's their allowance. Yeah. And that doesn't include the cost of health insurance, car note, car insurance. It doesn't include any of these things because I've seen that happen. Mm -hmm. And when you maintain that lifestyle like that for some of these 10, 15 year marriages, how can you then get to court and say, judge, I can't afford to keep maintaining this? Well, what have you been doing for the past 10 or 15 mm -hmm. years? Yeah. So that's where you kind of get into trouble with that. <laughs> Interesting. So what you're saying is just, you know, as long as you're being fair, as long as, you know, you're not trying to max out credit cards, live above your means, uh, it should hopefully the court should find a good solution for you guys to have a fair split should that happen. Oh, yeah. And, and ultimately you want when it doesn't involve kids, you want it to be equitable. You use that word yeah. Graham, earlier. You definitely want it to be equitable. You want the other person to be able to live. You want the other person to be able to. Um, provide for their children if children are involved. If no children are involved, you want them to be able to maintain some of the same things that they were doing. Mm -hmm. So it wouldn't necessarily be equitable um, if they're, they aren't able to do that anymore. Or for the flip side, that other person, it wouldn't necessarily be equitable to them if you've maintained doing something for so long that they've become accustomed to. That's a part of their lifestyle to then sweep 
you know, snatch the rug from under their feet. I don't think that's equitable either. So, yeah, just be fair. (laughs) What about this? What are some red flags that you've seen in relationships to watch out for? (laughs) A lot. First off, um, if the person has another child. Jack. (laughs) If the person has another child, if they are talking bad about their child's parent, that's always going to be a red flag. mm. Always. And it never fails. I have cases where, you know, they were dating, they thought they liked each other, and that stuff was going on, and then next thing you know, they're in child support court because they have a kid. And it's like, okay, history told you, right, that you were going to be in this position Mm. because they used to say these type of things about the other parent to you. So that's a huge red flag to pay attention to. Another red flag to pay attention to is a parent that does not take care of their kids at all. You definitely have to pay attention to that don't take care of their kids at all or do it when it's convenient for them or they're not providing any financial support whatsoever or not really in the child's life those are some things you know that will definitely if you're not careful will end you up in child support court i mean there are plenty others but those are the ones that pop immediately into my mind when Mm -hmm. you're thinking about child support wow i agree i think the ability to split amicably with someone is uh, it tells you a lot about their character. For example, let's say I'm on a date with this girl and she starts negative talking her ex. Immediate red flag. It for is many oh, reasons. Oh, gosh, for yeah, many reasons. Yeah. 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 It is I a agree. red flag yeah. because just think about it. There is something good you can find in everybody. Right. At some point, right? And to just speak negatively about them. Now, the relationship may have ended bad, but you dated them. So at some point, there was something good to say about them. So you either just talk about, you know, the situation and how it ended, maybe what you could have done differently because it's two people, right? You play a role in it, but to just bash and trash talk the other person, yeah, you know that's what? Always gonna yeah. be a reminds flag. me of of one date I went on. This this must have been like eight years ago. It was a while ago. But I went on this date, and I forget how we even met. But uh, went on the date. The entire date was her talking about her ex. Yeah, the entire date, and then it was revealed towards the end of the date. I've I've never in my life walked out and just like <laughs> wait. This but, is the one you walked out yeah. on. Yeah. Tell me about this. Yeah, did I tell you? That? Yeah, but did you anyway. said on the podcast. Did I? I so. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Did you go? Did you say you were going to the bathroom? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You, you never came back. Yeah. Never came back. No. Oh but my it was gosh. So bad. But she had also revealed something about like she was also dating someone else, but it wasn't official, and she didn't know if he liked her or not. And I'm like, well, why am I here? Oh yeah. So That's excused, another red flag. So yeah. So I excused <laughs> myself to the bathroom because here's the thing. It's like I and and here's I, and she is, ordered something expensive yes, exactly. too. Yeah. You were yeah, this. yeah. 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 So I always if if I'm going out to eat i i like it where they're not ordering like the most expensive thing on the eye because i'll order kind of cheap and you know i'm not like looking at what you but but you know if she's getting something that's like 50 dollars and mine's 15 you know maybe there's something something there but uh yeah i got something cheap and she's like orders like all the expensive stuff and so i'm like i'm not, I'm not gonna pay for that and i'm and i'm not gonna <laughs> ask to split it because i got my thing she got hers I left. Right. I left. So, and that's another yeah, red never flag. Never done that. But, yeah. And didn't she text you afterwards? <laughs> yeah, she, she texted me afterwards. At, at first, uh, yeah, she kept texting me. I, I, I didn't respond. And then I think she texted 
again like a, it was like a week later asking like another question about meeting up i don't know it was, it was some weird she still stuff wanted to meet up with you it was after some, you it was left? such a long it was such a long time i don't remember exactly the text but it was along those lines oh like, yeah she you just definitely keep dodged yeah. a bullet yeah she's crazy oh yeah she was crazy she was <laughs> she, oh oh yeah, yeah oh the, i remember her first text afterwards like she she was like what happened what happened and then like five days later something she was like would you be pissed if you're best friend pretended that their grandma was dying but it turned out they didn't i was like what she texted you that something it was something oh like that. get random. out of there like, man you, get away like, red it was flag like out of central nowhere like <laughs> lying dead grandma i was like no i'm not dealing with that, not dealing with that. Gosh, she sounds yeah. like the id channel yeah. <laughs> material gosh yeah what questions do you have for us? We always like to flip it on the guests and whatever you want to ask us, you could ask us. Okay, what made you all get into this podcast? I think it's so awesome. I follow you on Instagram. Oh, cool. Thank so, you. So yeah, you're welcome. You're yeah. welcome. So it's, what started the iced coffee hour? What started the iced coffee hour was Jack's idea and Jack wanted to start a podcast. And and I figured, well, you know, if if it's just an hour a week and we could just, you know, goof off and and film a video and monetize a conversation we may as well do it and uh i really enjoyed it and there was a period of, you know a few months in where it just it was so slow and jack was like now we got to keep it going and we posted every week and we did not want to miss an episode so yeah. we just kept it every single week we have not missed an episode good have we missed any yet no no we've never no. not posted no and we've posted late years. maybe twice yeah okay. and i figured a long-form content type of more like candid a video would be a better way for Graham to connect with his audience and really like appeal to his base. I love it. And yeah. the iced coffee hour, I've noticed for those that do like watch all like every single piece of content, yeah. whether it be like Graham Stefan show, iced coffee hour, Graham Stefan, even this to family, the iced coffee hour is a lot of people's favorites because we yeah. really like we get into like the nitty gritty here. Yeah. And I feel like a lot more personality comes out on the iced coffee hour. I like it's more it. candid. Yeah. And every episode is different, which is what I like. We, mm -hmm. we we rarely have the same person on twice. When we do, it's always about a different topic. Right. But uh, I remember Just to keep the engagement. Going. Yeah. 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 But I remember telling Jack at the very beginning, one of the biggest benefits of the podcast for me was getting to meet new people. And it's yeah. strange, by the way. If you meet someone, I, it's hard just to say, hey, uh, do you want to grab dinner? Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to like uh, get, grab lunch, get a coffee? Because it's boring. But anytime you say, hey, you want to come on the podcast, everyone says yes. Oh, yeah. No one would say, yeah, let's do a dinner. It's, no, no one does that. <laughs> the podcast, everyone said yes. Yeah. So, I mean, and it's great. I was happy yeah. that you reached yeah. out to me. And I was like, yeah. wait a minute. Here's a blue check next to his that name. Helps. Yeah. Who is this? Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so I, I had to look it up and I was like, okay, this is pretty cool because yeah. a lot of people since the show have reached out to me on YouTube and I love meeting yeah. new people. Mm -hmm. It is like my thing. Yeah. I love meeting new people because I don't really think you necessarily meet a stranger per se. You just haven't crossed paths yet. Yeah. yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I'm I'm excited. Yeah. I was definitely going to say, yeah, when you said cool. podcast and yeah, when exactly. I saw you were in Vegas, I was like, oh, we're going to Vegas for our anniversary. Yeah. This is perfect. But see, had I said let's grab dinner or something, or let's grab a, I wouldn't. I you know let's grab lunch. It would have been harder coffee. for you to even ask that in the first place. Yeah. You want to grab dinner? Yeah. Hey, it's are like, you coming to well, Vegas? Yeah. So we can go to dinner. Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. Yeah. Then there's always like, what's what's the motive behind yeah. it? Yeah. Like, why dinner? At least at the podcast. Like, come on the podcast, we could talk. Right. But right. Uh, yeah. So it definitely helps. But you'll find that YouTube is probably some of the best networking ever because everyone is on YouTube. And everyone Agreed. now in my life has come from YouTube. Yeah. Pretty much everybody. 
that I could think of. Besides family, it's like everyone I talk to now is, is uh, YouTube. Yeah, everybody yeah. that has reached out to me have come through the YouTube channel, mm -hmm. through Instagram, some some sort of social media medium. Yeah, now I'm going to tell you what you need. You should absolutely start posting these videos on Facebook if you're not doing that already. Oh, yeah. I don't uh, do it as often. You got to get consistent with it. You got to post every episode that you're doing, uh, edit it down, post it on Facebook. Okay. Uh, then do Instagram Reels. Same thing. Just post that to Reels and then TikTok. Okay. That one video that I watched with the with the lady, what was it? She didn't want to work and her husband was making more money and she was like, Oh, well, that was I tough. The guy oh, who was a mechanic? Yeah, yeah. Oh, and, yeah. You, and you said, well, you could go work. And she's like, I don't want to work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that would go viral. That video, if yeah. you took that down, the best 60 seconds of that video, and you post it on TikTok, that's a million views. I sure will. Yeah. I sure will. Like I said, I'm running for judge. So that will... So what does that mean exactly? Uh, okay. We haven't heard this. Yeah. So I'm, I've been practicing law for the past eight years. Now I'm running for family court judge. Mm. Um, it's the 255th Family District Court that's in Dallas County. So pretty much this court needs restoration. Like literally mm -hmm. um, from you name it from a judge banning people like attorneys out of the courtroom, which is a big no, no, because the courtroom belongs to the people. Right. Mm -hmm. Doing things like that, showing bias on the bench, clear bias, you know, different things like that. I just was tired of seeing it. And in my community, I'm born and raised in Dallas. There's a specific area in Dallas called Oak Cliff. I don't know if you all are familiar with football mm -hmm. or anything, but mm -hmm. the South Oak Cliff High School is a high school located in Oak Cliff. They just won the state championship, and it's been, what, 60, 61 years or something like that. So it was a big deal, right? So I'm one of those people. I'm prominent in my community. I'm well-known. I'm always giving back. And I thought to myself, how can I say that I'm a true leader of this community if I sit back and watch something like this continue to happen? So it was like, Vonda, you're just going to have to walk away from your nice salary, your nice comforts of what you're used to. You're going to have to sacrifice yourself and make a difference. So instead of being someone that complained, which that's not me at all, I don't just sit up and complain about anything. I'm going to put myself out there. So that's exactly what I did. Oh, so cool. now I'm running for judge. When I win, I would actually take the bench on January 1st of 2023, which means I can no longer sit as Judge Von Be. But exciting new things coming um, for the show but but does that mean you get replaced if that happens um in terms of my show yeah well yes and no so i want to give you too much okay. you, it, it's going to be fun all right the next part of the what do you call it the the growth mm -hmm. of support court with judge fonda b it's going to be exciting all right but the thing is my only thing is it needs to be you Oh if, well, if, it still if you will are be not, me. yeah. As long if you're the person between the two people, it's if it's not you, the show is you, you can't do the show. No, well, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's hard. Well, like you can't replace a judge Judy. Like when when she goes, she goes. It's like she's made the show. I feel like you've made the show. Thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. Depending on who the person it is you get yeah. and where you actually spin it, 
it can be very successful. Okay. And that's right. where we're headed with that. Okay. So that's why I say I can't tell you too much because yeah. it's going to be awesome. Trust me. I will still have some role with the show. Okay. Because as a judge, I can still consult, right? Okay, like how sure. we're sitting here on the podcast. Yeah. So I can still do the reactions and the educational segment after the fact. Okay. But who will actually be in that role right. will be a little bit more exciting. All right. All right. See, I liked your approach because I felt you were f- really fair and nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like you weren't d- demeaning to the people, but you were oh, you, no. you said the same things that I was thinking. Yeah. And so that's what I liked about it. Yeah. And it's going yeah. to be like that. The cool. direction that the show will go once right. I win. OK. Um, I think you'll like it cool. still. And you're going to say, right. Wanda, this is, this <laughs> is awesome. Right. <laughs> what? Why did I think of that when we were talking on the podcast? I think you're <laughs> okay. going to like it. You just have cool. to stay tuned. All right. But until then, yeah. you will get all of me. All right. <laughs> all right. We expect all it. All right. Sounds Absolutely. good. Anything else you wanted to bring up or ask us? I don't have any other cool. questions. Just well, thank you for yeah, the thank you so much coming on over nice here. Really, really nice you. meeting you. Nice yeah. meeting you too. Do you like coffee? Do both of you like coffee? Um, not as much as I used to. Okay. When I was in law school, when I was studying for the yeah. bar, I kind of got away from coffee to keep okay. myself from being so jittery. Got it. Okay. And so now I drink coffee maybe once or twice a year. Once or twice a wow. year. Yeah. And what about what about your husband? He doesn't drink coffee at all. At all. No. He wow. doesn't like it. What? Wow. Okay. Well then, I was your day started off right. Yeah. Yeah. I I was I was uh, going to uh, Bankroll Coffee was going to provide you with some complimentary coffee if you would like it. So the offer's there, or you could uh, gift it to somebody else. Please gift it. I would love for a coffee drinker to drink it. Okay. I could give it to you, and you could decide who's worthy of it. That's a good idea. My my mom and my sister both love coffee. Well, Well, thank you so much for coming on. It was really nice meeting you. Thank you guys for watching. Pop a sub. Pop a like. Yes, yes, subscribe. You want to tell them to subscribe because like 50% Definitely. of people don't subscribe. Definitely like, subscribe, and share the video, okay? And tell them to get their free stock down below in the description. It's worth all the way up to $1,000 when they use the code Graham and sign up for public. Say, say that. What he just said. No, just say it. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> just okay. Well, thank you so much. Freestyle it. I- <laughs> Drop in the comments. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's right, it. That's sure, it. Sure. Okay, close enough. Thanks, guys. I'll thank see you. you. Thanks. Oh, that was so fun.